Hey, I'm Mel. And I'm Andres, and you're listening to Mixtape, your favorite Afro-Latin podcast. What she said. Si huele a caña, tabaco y brea, usted está en Cali, ay mire vea. The Mixtape Podcast aims to build awareness of the way racist behaviors and ideas manifest in the Afro-Latin dance scene. Follow us on Instagram at mixtape.podcast and click our link tree in the bio to learn more. Today's single is inspired by the song Oiga, Mire, Vea. Listen, Look, Pay Attention by Guayacan Orquesta. This single can also be watched on YouTube at youtube.com slash mixtapepodcast. Today, we're listening to Raza by Alexander Abreu with Habana de Primera. And if it sounds familiar, it's because it is. In this anniversary single, celebrating the first year of our podcast, I'm taking it all the way back to the beginning of our Where You Listening series with the song Raza. This is what I said in that first episode. I wanted to start our series Where You Listening with this song because Alexander Abreu wrote it specifically in reaction to George Floyd's killing by a police officer earlier this year, that was in 2020, but more broadly, he wrote it in reaction to the persistent racism in our societies. I dusted off this quote from last year because it very clearly exemplified what our podcast and the Where You Listen series in particular are about, fighting anti-blackness and racism as they manifest in the Afro-Latin dance community and its music, while at the same time centering the experiences of black people throughout the Americas, Afro-Latinos, Afro-Latinas, African-Americans, Afro-Caribbeans, and so on. Definitely check out this wonderful, powerful song by Alexander Abreu and Habana de Primera. And check out that first episode of our Where You Listening series. Now, if you do listen to it and you feel compelled to laugh at my amateur hosting skills, feel free. I was just starting. Welcome to our single number six, Oiga Mire Vea. Listen, look, pay attention. This is Mixtape. Welcome to the Mixtape Podcast. I am Mel. I'm Andres. And I'm Susan. And it is our one-year anniversary for the podcast. <laughs> so in normal fashion, we like to reflect. We like to look back at where we've been, where we're going, how we felt about it, all of the things in between. So let's get started. Yeah, let's jump in. So let's talk about what we do. So... Our podcast is aimed at building awareness of the way that racism shows up in the Afro-Latin dancing. And after talking about it a bit, figuring out ways to stop that from happening, stopping racism from advancing um, and being pervasive in our community. So Andres and I started summer 2020, yeah. mid-pandemic, and we started with season one mm-hmm. after a summer of most mostly summer right yeah. early summer of planning so season one was mostly a case study of the afro-latin dancing in north carolina and then we reached out a little to the like 
Wash U area. Wash U. I only know St. Louis like as Wash U. The St. Louis area, um, a little bit New York City, yeah. right? So we met with Sharita and Victor, who are social dancers here in the area, in the Triangle, and met with them to really figure out what's the experience of Black social dancers in our scene. Then we spoke with Kimberly and the infamous Lauren Wilmore. Oh. And there she goes. <laughs> She's joined us today. The infamous Lauren Wilmore um, in New York City to talk about uh, those dancers who have who are business owners and who dance professionally and um, who were black women, who are black women, and what racism looks like in their areas of the dancing. And we learned so much from them. We heard from the community, so we reached out to the community to get a sense of how people were interacting with the material that we were hearing from our guests. And uh, we did some reflecting about what we heard from the community. So it was a total case study approach. What is the state of things here in the Triangle and beyond in our dancing? And we learned a ton. And then we also kind of found that after, after we planned the first season, there were kind of topics that we wanted to talk about, but that we couldn't necessarily put them into the plan. Um, and that's when we came with the idea of samples. Um, and I think at, at this point, it's probably also maybe interesting to also say that from the very beginning, we had this idea of, okay, so how can we use like a theme for the whole podcast? And, and if, you're, if you've been listening, you probably have realized already that everything that we do is kind of under the theme of like, a mistake kind of thing. Like we have singles and then we have this where you listen in series and then we have series yes, season one and two. So the singles yes, we have yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so the so the singles were a way of saying, okay, so here's this work that we want to these topics that we want to discuss that not necessarily kind of fit right into the, the framework of say season one or season two, but we still wanna wanna discuss them. Um, we talked about like the word negrita and how it's used in music. We, we, we talked about, um, what else have we talked about? We even talked about colorism, which is when, you know, one of the, one of the singles in which you were a guest, Susan, and then you led a, you led a, a single as well, um, about Asian American dancers and Asian slash Asian American dancers. So all of these things also we, we kind of explore in this kind of side one time, uh, discussions that we have in our singles. And what's so interesting is that we, we started this and we were like, maybe we'll do a couple episodes, case study, let's see what things are like. And then it was, I mean, it was the summer of 2020. A lot of things are happening all of the time. So then we came up with the singles. And then you launched, were you listening? Yeah, so that's that's uh, 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 something that I wanted this is to baby. do. Yeah, this is baby. Like, and, and something, honestly, I always... I'm the auntie. Always, I babysit sometimes. I always wanted to do something like this. I mean, like, if you know me, you know that, you know, when a song plays, I'm like, oh, that song is saying this and that. And, and because I see, you know, I'm from Latin America, so I, I do understand the what the songs are saying most of the times and, and I grew up with some of them so like they carry some meaning on, on top of that. And and even then like some of these songs I'm like, oh my God, they were saying or they were saying things that I, I was hearing but I wasn't really listening to. Um, and I just wanted to explore, you know, these songs that we love so much and that we listen to and use those songs to do the same that we were doing with the rest of the of the of the podcast, which is kind of recenter blackness and do that anti-racist work. And and sometimes, you know, 
highlight and, and underscore when that racism shows in the songs um, because it does you know as, 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 as if you've seen our playlist it says you know all the pride and all the beauty but also all the perils because a lot of the songs especially older ones and even some current ones kind of make fun of being black or blackness or this or the other so all of that is is encompassed in in this series of where you're listening so I mean, it's been really, really great, and, and I really, really enjoy working. Where you're listening, it's it's a lot of work, but I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, where you listening? <laughs> <laughs> but I think what where you listening does in a really creative way is it centers black people through music. Yeah. Um, in ways that we don't really hear in the mainstream with the, the songs that are played at socials or on, even on the radio. So it's it's really nice to know what black people are singing about um, and the context around what they're singing about. Right, and, and I see, sorry. I was say, especially it's helpful for me because I don't speak Spanish. I know very minimal pre-elementary understanding is all I got. So being able to, I listen to these songs and socials all the time. I don't know really what the background is. So being able to understand and really dig into it has been really, really helpful because now I hear songs and socials and I feel more of an understanding, more connected to it. Yeah, I mean that's exactly. I mean, what I the goal of it is it's if if you if you've listened to our I think it's salsa episode when Ned is like you know there's this performative blackness that happens through salsa like that's part of why I wanted to like so that people that are listening to the songs and like making these movements to the song actually know what the songs are saying about about black people so that they get an understanding. Oh shit, this is what. They are saying this is what they're going through. This is what they, why they're happy, what they're not happy, um, as opposed to just kind of perform blackness through this kind of always joyful, um, not really deep uh, sense. So that's why I like it so much. We had an interesting opportunity at the end of last year, was that November? Yeah. yeah. To be on WUNC. Right before the, the State of Things closed. We um, were one of the last Second ones. to last episode, I think. We yeah, so the, the State of Things was um, a show that was going on for... Was it like 20 years or something, something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, a really long time. And we were the second, we were on the second to last episode talking about mixtape, which was really cool. I've never done a radio interview. Yeah. But it was it was it a was great, great conversation. Great. Because yeah. I feel like our work, in a sense, kind of speaks for itself. And what Frank gave us space to do was to explain why. Um, and why it's important, why it's important to us, why people should should listen to, you know, the podcast. And so it was, it was. I think we expected to explain what it is. Yes. Like we're doing right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You wanted more of the meat. Like yes. What's in your brain? Yeah. Like, so, what do you think I think we're a little more prepared for like reading yeah, interviews. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Show us what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can email us. At yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Slide in the DM. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So I think based on that, that WUNC interview, I think we started thinking about what next so we we spoke with grant who did a pre-interview and we asked if we could you know chat with him to give us some tips about podcasting and he gave us some sound ideas and we were like okay 
we're going to boost the quality of this because Grant gave us the inside knowledge. I was using iMovie to edit. I could have been using GarageBand this whole time. I can't believe you're using iMovie. I was. Not anymore. I came along, I've come a long way. We started this podcast not knowing jack about it. We were recording the first, sound on Zoom. The first episode. <laughs> the first episode. We're using a camera right now. But the first episode, they used Zoom as the camera to record themselves to pull audio. From. We have very humble beginnings. Yes. I don't even think, like, we just we just did it. We didn't even, like, Google how to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, we were, like, trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> the internet is full of resources, yeah. and we decided... To researchers. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But speaking of research, so Grant gave us all these audio tips, and, you know, we did take kind of a, a research approach in that we did our case studies and we came with an open mind about what the people in the community can offer us. And we said, okay, now that we know that, what else? We were thinking, okay, what other type of research approach can we use towards building a story? So we liked the case study approach and we also wanted to tell a story about the rhythms that we encounter. We found that um, with Were You Listening, with the contextualization of the songs, we just found more depth and meaning. And we felt like we can do that with the rhythms that we encounter. I don't know why we started with samba. We started with samba because I think you said... I don't know anything exactly, about samba. Said, this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is the rhythm I could learn the most from. And I already, I took classes with Lauren Wilmore, again, the infamous uh, uh, Lauren Wilmore. Speaking of and Lauren... And I already knew samba a little bit, yeah. Lauren helped... With Lauren has no idea about this. She helped. Um, she told you that we sounded like another podcast on NPR. Yes. And I had never thought to listen to other podcasts for the way that they put things together. Like I would listen to podcasts just for the information or whatever they were sharing. But once she said that, I started listening to to podcasts with like a different ear. Yes, with the structure. So I'm like, okay. Podcasts, sometimes they incorporate music. They take breaks. They, If they're interviewing someone who speaks another language, they'll like yeah, lower the volume yeah. and translate. You know, so I think a combination of Lauren's um, compliment. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren's compliment, Grant's audio information, um, the fact that we are researchers mm -hmm. and we didn't want to just sit in front of uh, a microphone and just talk about stuff from like this position of being all-knowing, all I think if anything... Especially we, if you're not. <laughs> yes, especially if you're not. Like, we come from a position, like, we're like, we probably know as little as everyone else. And I think, I'm not giving us enough credit for how much we do know, but, like... We have cultural knowledge, but that's not enough. Yeah, to, like, generally, beyond the like, surface, we're all learning together through this. Exactly. Yeah. So, when you come into creating an episode with this understanding that of all the guests in the room, you know the least. It really allows the guests to present the information yeah. that you need to hear, not just the information that you were hoping to get from them. Mm -hmm. So we've had samba, mm -hmm. um, we've had Afro-Cuban, salsa, bachata, and I'm not going to say which ones we have coming up. We have Marisol sending messages at 3 in the morning yeah. about, about <laughs> can you add this to the explanation <laughs> of, you know, the Congo series or whatever. Yeah, which was, which was really dope. It's yeah. like, uh, Thank I, you, Marisol. Yeah, I, I told them that the spirit moved and was like, wake up, girl. Give us some more. Give them some more knowledge. And she was like, she she answered the call, and that was uh, that was really nice of her. Um, so yeah, that's season two, and 
what's really special about season two is that we've gotten a chance to merge were you listening yeah that so, was yeah that was the other idea which i thought was it was really great of having the since we're doing rhythms i mean it, it was like low-hanging fruit is that the yeah, expression yeah it's like we're doing rhythms and we have this concept of where you're listening melissa said well why don't we do a where you're listening couple to every single rhythm that we have and that's what we've been doing this year and i think it's great i love it yeah, yeah. learning to do podcasts is like learning how to manage all the things that comes with it yeah. it's more than just the episode that goes on like spotify or apple Podcasts. it's all the background especially because these season two episodes are hefty episodes there are so many components there's so many different types of um guests that are from either experts or dancers that are professional and busy and there's a lot that goes into it different time zones different time zones different countries different languages andres is the team translator the official translator to add it to a cv (laughs) (laughs) for real um so yeah there's we'll probably get into that a little bit about all the components but we decided to scale back so that each episode could be even richer yeah and it was probably like triple quadruple the work but i think the episodes are definitely rich in a different way and also it felt a little bit that we were overwhelming people a little bit i mean i did get that comment like they were like okay i mean maybe because there was when we finished season one which was one every month one every one week, week. No, it was it was one, one every week, week. yeah one week. yes jesus christ and then, and then well, it was the summer Yes. So yeah. like then we have planted they teaching, yeah. we planted ahead quite a bit. Yeah. So we I mean by the end it was tight, but then and then for some once we, we launched where you're listening, I was like, I'm gonna keep this up. So I kept we kept because you did two that were listening up. I think we did ten episodes last yeah, year. Yeah, we basically did a semester of yes. <laughs> yeah. one yeah. per week, which was insane, and yeah. I do not recommend it, but the episodes are actually very great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah very great. But, yeah. but it was way too much. Yeah. So we had to skip. <laughs> yeah. We were functioning as if this was like our full-time, our full-time job. job. It's like, it was like our night shift job. It was. Yeah, so that's that's season two. There will be more of season two coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, there will be more. But then we also, you know, with the evolution of, of, of where you're listening, there was also how we present things to, to the, not only to the listeners, but also to the public, like in social media. And that's part of why we brought uh, Susan on board because she's, you know, she has great ideas on how to visualize things and how to present things visually uh, to not only our, our listeners, but to somebody else that may bump into our things. Kind of looking back, we didn't realize how much time with that what that meant in terms of time and resources, but our goal was we want this to be like really good. Yeah. Um, and that meant once we started thinking, okay, so we have this good material, how do we make it, you know, go out into the public more effectively? We had to bring somebody that actually knew how to do that better. <laughs> than, than we, I mean, it's the same reason why we, you know, hire someone to design our logo, which at some point we may discuss what the logo, logo is. Shout out, um, Shout out to Jacob. Yeah, shout out to Jacob. Um, We've never explained what the logo is. Or how you came up with the name of the podcast. Oh, that's true. Explicitly stated. 
So how did you come up with the name of the I podcast? I guess we're stuck in a blue. Well, it, so it was music. Um, it was music-based. Um, thinking about having ancestry in Latin America, from Latin American countries. So for, for me, being Puerto Rican, for Andres being Colombian, Colombian-born Colombian, um, <laughs> if nobody knew. <laughs> it's quite obvious. It's quite obvious. Um, and so we recognize that because of the consequences of the transatlantic slave trade, colonization, genocide, uh, we are of mixed race heritage. And so with the combination of music, we thought of mixtape. And then I think we just started brainstorming about like back in our childhood where if you wanted to listen to a song, record a song, turn the radio on and you put the cassette tape in and you record it yeah. and you know, you made your own mixtape. So that's when we came up with mixtape. And yeah. then in the logo, uh, you see we have um, like Afro-Latinx, we have Black, we have Boricua, we have yeah. Colombian, like, and so all the cassettes say something different. So if you haven't seen that yet, just zoom on Take in. a little look and yeah, Jacob took Jacob took that idea that yeah. we had of like because we're like using this concept of cassettes that display kind of our um, the native peoples of or some of the native peoples of our countries as well as the, yeah there. as well as the and the ethnic badge as well as the as the as the black heritage that we have um, and then use that as a cassettes idea so we were discussing like a bunch of cassettes and then Jacob took that idea and then put the put the the boombox in the back, which was great. I think that's that's kind of what made it. The, the, gave I it think the, the cassette in the boombox is Afro Latinx. Yes, right? yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, that's the one that's playing, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the story. So yeah, shout out again to Jacob. That was it's great work. And again, um, just because again, it's been our principle. If you want, if you want to support artists of color. Um, not only ask them to do things for free, actually hire them and pay them. Yeah, yes, that's fast. Um, yeah. But Susan went with Jacob's visualization theme. and yes. theme and the, kind of branded yeah. it. Pretty much, because it, it fits with all of our all of our different pieces of the content, right? Like each episode is a track and, and we have our singles and we have our different seasons. They're kind of like albums. So I just kind of played on that and, and having a, like a strong marketing and branding really does wonders I think especially because like it's a podcast so unless you search know to search the podcast on the platforms you're not really going to find it besides advertising on social media right so um, I was helping them from the beginning kind of just a little bit here and there whenever they asked but then you know I, I've got I had my own journey in anti-racism work we hired her and actually paid her they did they, <laughs> they did support your artists although I do this as a side thing but anyway, <laughs> yes. Well, the moment Susan was like, came with her laptop, this is what you need to do. <laughs> I showed up the whole background. I made a whole marketing branding package for them. I was like, these are the colors. These are the hex codes. I think we should stick to these. <laughs> and it does make a difference because every time I've showed people, they're like, yo, Insta page is like fire. I'm like, thank you. It shows that our work is also very important and you should go listen to it. <laughs> yes. Um, because it does, it does make a difference and, and we... We have done a lot to try to reach out and engage, and we have gotten feedback from our communities, and our community started very much local, and we wanted to expand as much as we could. So, you know, advertisements are very helpful. So as we started to advertise, we saw more and more engagement, more followers. Um, 
it gets very exciting every time we, we see the numbers go up and who's listened to our episodes um, and even having people engage with us from like a different country or from a different state and, and show that they want to be involved. That really shows how far we've come from our first episode to now when we have people that are followers that we've never met before, listen to our content, feel touched by it and feel impacted and want to participate. And then we actually have them participate. I think that shows and, such and an even, impact. And even ask us to do things uh, differently. In the yes. I mean, not ask us to do, like give us ideas of, of yeah. you know, why don't you do this, why don't you do that, which we are considering yeah. at the moment. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, Almost like it's, it's sparked... Um, an inspiration for the people who have reached out. It sparked an inspiration of like, cool, you could do this. And someone recently told us, I had this idea for you to do this. Uh, and then yes, you did yeah. it. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we're on the same wavelength with people, you yeah, know, we're, we're just uh, steps ahead. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> you know, we, and we work as engagement it. too. Like yeah. this is what, you know, we know that doing this work is hard and it takes time and it's not the easiest to consume all the time. So we do really appreciate when people reach out and share their thoughts and I know Melissa and Andres have talked about this for their whole lives, and, and I very much also feel that it's important to have these kinds of conversations. So we very much appreciate and enjoy and encourage all of you and everyone to continue yeah. to have these conversations. Yeah, so there were two things that I wanted to highlight um, about our efforts um, reaching more people. One is just to thank our Latin American listeners because a lot of our advertising actually goes to Latin America and we get a lot of views and a lot of uh, listens from Latin American countries, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, a lot of people uh, viewing the episodes from there, which is great, because and, and we're very thankful for it because our episodes are now in Spanish. Mm -hmm. They are in English, most of them, and the season episodes don't even have, like, uh, what is the name, the introduction, the translation, the, oh, yeah. not even translation, captions, closed captions, captions closed captions, yeah. they don't even have those. They yeah. were using it too, but the other ones don't. So I'm really appreciative of like people in Latin America engaging with the material as well, because as we know from our work in season two, these are issues that are also very much present in Latin America. So I'm very thankful for that. And the other thing I wanted to say about that is how hard it has been to go through the filtering for advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Like it's just the moment we say Black Lives Matter or like anti-racism, they're like, no, your ad is blocked. Um, and it's it's been like more than 10, 12, 15, I don't even know how many ads they blocked us and it's like they blocked ads for where you're listening, they blocked ads for the preview of the seasons, they blocked ads for interviewing, for in, uh, introducing the guests, like just talking about their CV, it's like it's ridiculous. Just as soon as we say we're doing anti-racist work, it's like, no, you're blocked. So if you work in these companies, please stop blocking us. We're doing good work here and it's very hard and it costs money, so please don't block us. Thanks. Yeah. It's not fun. Yes. But other fun things are some rapid-fire questions that we're yes. just going to go through have, really quick. We have a list that we're first going to put uh, right. Melissa through. Ah, yes. oh. rapid-fire. Oh, okay. well, you know, let's, let's answer the three of us the same question. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Whew, oh, my gosh. I almost started sweating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm the first. Um, wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. 
gonna check these off as we go. All right, Melissa, what is your favorite episode so far? Ooh, okay, I have two favorite episodes. One is definitely Mi Negrita Me Espera, which I tell Andres that all the time. Uh, now, I can't hear that song without like saying, today, we are listening to <laughs> <laughs> And the second one, I would say Samba, because I learned so much, and I, I had no idea about anything Samba-related. So, that's that. How about you? For me, um, the I have several, too. Um, the Raza, the first one you in an episode, because it's just like so innocent. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, and then you can tell. Like, <laughs> you can tell. You cannot <laughs> tell. <laughs> then it got better, but and but it kind of captured what I wanted to do with what you were saying. Um, the 3A season one episode with Lauren and, and Kimberly, because they're both very knowledgeable and very humble. Like, it was so nice to be in their presence and just hear what they had to say. And I think the salsa episode. Uh, Nettie just nailed it on the head. Oh with, my goodness, when we got Nettie's audio, yes. we were like... It's like only 20 minutes, and it's just so on point, so to the point, yeah. precise and deep. It's just great. So I, I really love what she said and the work that you did in the editing of the episode. So those are my favorite three episodes. For those that are listening, <laughs> I'm currently holding this Apple pen like a microphone. <laughs> I should have gone before on this because he picked two of mine. <laughs> the uh, season one, three A and B with Kimberly and um, Lauren were really amazing. They were very honest. They were very insightful um, and definitely highlighted a lot of things that I had never experienced or thought about. Um, so that was very I how you're committed to <laughs> <laughs> committed to this microphone pen right now. <laughs> Guys, go on instead and watch the video. Um, but yes, that one and the salsa episode because of Nettie. Oh my goodness. Everything was like a perfect soundbite, so succinct. And it was very, uh, very insightful. And then also, I very much enjoyed the colorism of the single. That was my, like first participation in an episode. Um, and I thought it was very interesting to see how prevalent colorism was, is everywhere, and how it is present in all different cultures wow. and manifestations. None of the way the same made it to her top three list. That's just sad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're all great. They're all okay. wonderful. We're not showing favorites. This, this is rapid like Okay. <laughs> okay, quick. Mel, what is the hardest part of working on mixtape so far? Okay, I already know that Andres is going to say time because <laughs> we talked about this and it's true. <laughs> it's a lot of time, but I will say one of the biggest challenges is editing because especially in season two, we have like three to five hours of interview time. And so listening to everything, all the amazing things that people say and bringing it down to 45 minutes to an hour is so hard. So that's, that's a challenge. Definitely. For me, time. Um, I didn't right. know how much time goes into um, producing the season two, even though I'm, I don't do the editing. But even though I don't do the editing, it takes a lot of time sometimes translating and making sure you know what people are actually saying. Double checking mouse translating. Double checking mouse <laughs> translating for sure. Uh, redoing mouse translate. Um, the, and then the where you're listening takes a lot of time. So and for us uh, and I assume for Susan as well. Um, we have a lot of things in life, so every hour that we're not working, at least every hour that I'm doing where you're listening or mix it stuff means I'm not doing research, that's very expensive for me. So time, and the other thing is um, how hard it's been to get more um, engagement from the community. And, and I don't only say North Carolina, but just the community of social dancers, because I think it's a 
material and topics that need to be discussed, and we haven't necessarily gotten a lot of feedback or engagement. So I think that's your thing that is. Like, subscribe, comment, follow. Susan! <laughs> I'm going to stop having Andres go before me because the second point that he made was my <laughs> point. Yeah, change the um, order. Because, yeah, it's very tough when you put so much time and effort into these things and then you feel like it's not even received. Yeah, Is yeah, anyone listening? Yeah, you would like to have like, Are a scene. You, were you yes. listening? It's were like you the perfect time listening? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, going yes. to actually yeah. I, don't know. I hope you guys do. I hope you're listening and watching this yeah. right now. But anyway, okay, so what's the best part of You go first. Escape? I think the best part is that I'm able to like give back to a culture that has given a lot to me that I'm not even a part of and, and I'm able to authentically participate and learn about it um, and honor it as a person not of the culture. Um, I think, and, and this has been, since I've mentioned, I've been going on an anti-racism and, and social justice kind of journey of myself. Um, that started through the pandemic with the killing of George Floyd. And this has been a very um, helpful way for me to learn how to think in a different way, you know, um, combat my own anti-blackness uh, thinking and all, all of those kinds of things and being able to do more in this space. That's why you wanted to go before me. Yeah, thank you. Good answer, good answer. What's the question? Uh, yes, what's the best part of working? Okay, the best part, honestly, it sounds a little selfish, but it's learning. I love all the learning that I've done in every single episode, whether it's oh, where you're listening and Andres is doing the teaching and I'm editing and I'm learning as you know, I'm editing the episode, listening to folks, listening to community members, listening to the researchers, listening to dancers, like it's the learning for me. I mean, still learning from me. <laughs> listen, uh, I was going to say the same. Like, I'm selfish. It's the knowledge that I've acquired just for listening to the people. Just, I mean, to read about the songs and, and about the context and all this. It's, it's really the knowledge is what I like the most. But Hashtag, it's the learning for us. It is indeed. All right. What is something you would like to tell the listeners? Um, one thing I would like to tell the listeners is that we have created many episodes <laughs> which in one hand means go listen but on the other hand it's a lot of information and people are in different places in their journey towards anti-racism and social justice and so if it feels like a lot take one episode maybe your favorite rhythm maybe your favorite topic listen to it you know let it uh digest in your uh system so to speak um, and just take it in and, and think about it when you're on the social dance scene, when you're listening to the music, in your car, in your sleep, you know, <laughs> in all the places. You go, you go. Uh, I think one thing I'd like to tell the listeners is that as long as you're trying to do the work, even if it's not through our medium, um, I think is a step closer towards our goal, even if it's not achieved the same way. It's just because I've been hearing more and more, especially after what happens last year. Um, kind of this request from instructors to teach you the whole history about something like salsa. Teach, you know, if you teach salsa, you need to, you know, give me 20 minutes of like the history of Cuba and all of this. Granted, they should know a little bit of the history. They should probably communicate a little bit of that to their students. At the end of the day, there's dance, they're, they're dance instructors, right? So the... All of that is to say, the responsibility is still in the same way that, you know, as consumers, we have responsibility to consume things that are sustainable for the environment, that are not produced by, you know, enslaved people in other countries. 
Same with same with our social uh, dancing. You you want to center blackness. You also have to do a little bit of the work. The 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 knowledge that an instructor can give you is only so much, and it's going to be very superficial because they're going to be focused on the movement, right? So if you want to learn more, go deeper. There's the material. You know, we have material. There's books. There's articles. You have to do a little bit of the work yourself as well. So, so you come to the right less. place. <laughs> rely, rely a little bit less on the instructors. Don't wait for them to tell you where this rhythm comes from. You have to do the work as well because you're also a consumer of the culture. And on that end, to, to rely on the instructors less, but I think lean in and rely on us a little more. Yep. Um, we do have the episodes that we present to you all. And like I said, we have like three, four, sometimes five hours of audio, but we also have resources on our website. So, I mean, books, articles, YouTube videos. If you want to learn more, we've created a space where you can just click the link and learn more. So the work is already done. Lean in. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of have to. Lean into it, definitely. And to close up our not so rapid fire, our last thing is something that has changed your life from working on mixtape. Oh Jesus! Um, two things I would I would think uh, at least uh, one is kind of shifting a little bit of my other the other parts of my life also towards more anti-racism work. Um, in my early years, like college and whatnot, I was as a Colombian. So since we have less movements. Um, or the movements across racial lines are less strong, um, and there's literature on this, is more about class. So I did a lot of work on, like, you know, students' movement and, like, you know, inequality and all of this. And in the U.S. has been more, like, blackness-based because that's, that's I think, the main issue in the U.S. in terms of equality is goes across racial lines, um, kind of centering that across my kind of other facets of my life. I think that's been a big change um, for me also because, um, and I, I would like to quote like this uh, Code Switch podcast and, and this episode in which I think it's called The Racial Reckoning That Never Happened um, mm-hmm. because the work is just beginning and it should not be the case because we've been like a hundred and who knows how many years in this. But white supremacy is like a life and wealth, and we have to continue fighting it. Um, so that's that awareness um, that I necessarily didn't have as much in Colombia because of how things are racially in, in the country. I think I have more of that. So that's been a big change. And kind of the recognition of being an Afro-Latino um, has also been a change for me. And not just being Hispanic in the U.S., yeah. I shall go next because mine is very similar. It is the more I've learned, the more I realize how deeply ingrained and sometimes hidden and sometimes not so hidden racism and white supremacy is in all of our systems. I think especially in the U.S. is where I've seen it just come out so much more recently. And it makes me view the world from a different lens. And I feel like I view from a more open lens um, from my perspective. And I'm able now to identify um, trends that I have not been able to identify before and makes me want to do more to change them. Uh, I would say two things. Number one, I think a resounding theme in most reflection episodes of ours is my use of voice. I have always been more of a writer. And so uh, being able to communicate about things uh, verbally has been a stretch for me. And the second thing I think also related to just an openness. I, I, 
have always been pretty committed to anti-racism um, and pro-blackness. However, I think the more I learn about South America and Latin America just more generally, I've become a lot more open to the ways that this shows up in different spaces. And so um, I honestly realize I know a lot less than I think I do. And coming into all of this humbly, I think, has really enriched my life. That's so. fun. It's like the, we've had the opposite. Like I discovered more the dynamics in the U.S. and you like discover more the dynamics. The, the cross-cultural yeah. exchange. <laughs> yes, yes. So thanks for joining us. Yes. Uh, we had some fun, candid conversation on the carpet by the plants. Yes. Uh, if you are listening, it's the ambiance is just delightful. It, it even is. started raining. It's beautiful. And if you're watching, thanks for joining us. We think uh, we hope that you feel as cozy watching as we are sitting on the floor comfortably. Yes. My my hips are not too open. <laughs> Half comfortable. Not as comfortable. Yes. Well, thanks for listening. This is Mixed Thanks for listening to today's episode. To listen to the songs featured on this episode and songs featured in other singles, check out the singles playlist, which can be found at our website, tarheels.live slash mixtape podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at mixtape.podcast, as well as Twitter and YouTube, which are easily accessed through our website. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications for all our new episodes. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape.